That could have been beef. Yeah. You could have used that for beef with Frodo. What's up with this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> What up, it's your boy Barsby, and you're listening to Unstable Discourse. Yo, what? It's time for Unstable Discourse with your hosts, Sean Callahan, Ryan Fancher, and Alex Seminary. Welcome into episode five of Unstable Discourse. It's your boy, it me, Alex Seminary of Disc Golf Chicago. I'm here with Ryan Fancher, Yo. Unstable Disc Golf Gear, Sean Callahan, Yeet, Delwood Disc Golf, <laughs> uh, Jason Callahan of Bag of Tricks, and our very special guest, Mr. Corey Simonich. Corey, what are you of? What's your organization? Uh, nothing. Just solo, just me. Uh, I'm from Juliet. Unsullied. First of his name. Yes. Ooh, that is that's high nice. praise. Uh, yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, so today we're talking about first time tournament directing. Some of you may or may not know that Corey is, was, is uh, in the middle of putting together his first tournament, which is known well, as... Well, he thought we, he was in the middle. Now it's, it's like, yeah, he might start be, over. Might be in the beginning <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, he was working on, on a, a really cool event called The Funk. And we're going to hear what that journey has been like so far, what he's been doing, you know, what's it been like to do this for the first time and how is he dealing with the news that we got today from the PDGA that uh, I'm sure everybody's heard before we get into the heart of the episode, you know how we do. Let's get into fired up. Fired up. I don't mind taking the reins uh, first on this go around. So I'm fired up about a lot of stuff today. First thing, I stumbled across this playlist today while I was working, and it's called Songs That Get White People Turned. T-U-R-N-T. T-U-R-N-T, Turned. I saw the the, you know, the title on YouTube, and I was like, well, I have to investigate. See, yeah, I, definitely you know, worth a click. I, I have to check you know, the credentials here. Uh, but I started playing, and it's like, it gives you like, 10 second clips of a bunch of different songs and each song had me feeling more turnt than the last. Um, so yeah, confirmed that playlist is pure hot fuego. I was at my dining room table in the house, but I was, no, I was sitting, but I was singing and I did kind of like, like shoulder shimmy with my dog. Um, so we had some movement going on and then I turned, uh, I was like, man, it'd be great if there was a playlist on Spotify for this. And I looked on Spotify and there was. So then I listened to that playlist, the whole drive here, singing at the top of my lungs, songs that I hope nobody ever sees me or hears me sing. Um, but I'm not ashamed to admit that list included uh, Backstreet's Back, um, Bye Bye right. Bye, Journey, which nobody should ever sing Journey unless you're a singer. Bon Jovi for uh, sure. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Barbie Girl was on there. Yes. Oh, Don't man. act like it wasn't, Alex. Uh, no, no. And uh, I've, I'm not ashamed of that song And he whatsoever. was a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Oh, I'm having so much fun. Well, Barbie, we're just getting started. Dude, when I was a camp counselor, we used to have to direct uh, lip syncs with your cabins. And when I was in charge of like the 15-year-old boys, we did Barbie girl. And it was, I don't know if homoerotic is the fair word to say with 15-year-old kids, but it was out there. Did you kill it? We killed it. There's yeah. video of it somewhere online for mm. sure. That's half of what I'm fired up about right now. The other half is I have a birthday coming up in about a week. For the last month or so, I've been harassing my wife about 
a drone telling her, look, I want that for my birthday. Either I'm going to buy it for myself as a treat, or if I get one, that's cool. But I, I was probably over the line to where like every time we put together a shopping list, I would try and sneak drone in like next to celery. <laughs> and um, I was well, just they have them at jewel. I have seen them at some places where they shouldn't sell drones, but um, yeah, I've just, made a big deal about it. And today she surprised me with letting me open my gift early and boom, it's a drone. And I am so, so moist about it. I really want to try it out today. I'll post pictures of it online. I don't know if anybody else really uh, gets it. It's in a week. Oh, it's on, no, it's on the 22nd. It's on earth day. So my birthday is on earth day every year, which makes earth day my favorite holiday. Ooh, how old will I be? Go ahead and take a guess. 34, 33. One. <laughs> I want prices right wow. $1, Bob. Wow. Jason wins. You're all stupid. It's uh, 32. Oh, <laughs> Every number except. Good. Yeah, it was close. I mean, once you get close to the mid 30s, like it's all the same. This this whole guessing thing reminds me of our contest from this week. Everybody got super close. Oh, man. There were so many good guesses. All around it without getting the exact right We'll get number. there. We'll get there. Uh, anyways, uh, I am super excited about the drone. It's a DJI Mavic Mini if you're into drones whatsoever you'll know what that is we'll post the picture of it tomorrow i'm super excited to start making some cool disc golf videos with that yeah it's gonna be awesome uh ryan yeah what are you fired up about i'm always gonna start fired up by saying you wouldn't think i would be fired up about this because (laughs) business kind of sucks and it's slow for everybody including myself right now it was not for a while but now it's dwindled down to almost nothing but Someone contacted me on Facebook, and I'm not sure exactly how they contacted me, but they were asking me to print shirts for them and their group of nurses and doctors and what's the word? Professionals. Health professionals to kind of give their morale a boost because they've all been severely overworked. At first, I thought it was junk because I get those frequently. Sure. But this turned out to be real a hospital in Oaklawn and I was able to print for them and they just got the shirts two days ago and loved them. And I was so stoked to be able to help them out. I mean, it's just a t-shirt, you know, I do it all day. So it's really not that big of a deal to me, but I'm sure like the guys handing out those shirts to those people just kind of made their day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it on the back, it said this hero wears scrubs and it was kind of a big deal for them. I'm sure So that made me feel great to be able to help them out. And because of that, Someone else just contacted me about some more shirts. I think it's going to snowball from there. And, you know, not only is it giving my business a little bit of a a jump. At an important um, time. At an important time. But I feel like I'm tiny 1% of the solution to this just by printing, which sounds weird. But at least I'm doing it for like some kind of good cause instead of just printing, you know, junk shirts for some towing. That raises an interesting question. If if an organization like Nambla said, hey, we need some shirts and we'll, we'll pay you top dollar. You're asking where the line is? Yeah, who will you not make shirts for? That's my question. I don't know if, I mean, it's got to go pretty far, I think, but I think Nambla would cross that line. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Nambla. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, but, um, Ryan's not interested. Yeah, in that I, I would think, I don't want to get too political about it, but anybody that's way over the line, uh, Trump related, I think I would, because it just seems like if you're going to get Trump t shirts, you've, you've gone over the deep end. You've you just, know, or, you've you know just divided our audience. Or, crazy Bernie or crazy Biden. Like I won't do any of them. Anybody who's excessive. Yeah. But other than that, I'll print whatever you want. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that is, we could have used that for even a local route. I mean, who deserves a shout out right now more than healthcare professionals? Yeah. Well, it'll be both then, but yeah, I was, I was stoked to help them out. Sean, what are you fired up about? Um, I am fired up about the amount of amazing people that are supporting Delaware Disc Golf right now. 
uh, during the shelter in place. Obviously, people can still come out and play and people are playing and you can come and do curbside pickup and do online stuff through the shop. Uh, it has been amazing. Um, I've had a couple of days boxes stacked almost up to the ceiling with shipping stuff out with doing the Nuts. mystery boxes. It's really awesome. I'm just super grateful for everybody that's been supporting the shop. It mystery boxes were a great idea. Great I, idea. I love you all. Keep up the support. It's are you fe- you're feeling stimulated. I'm feeling stimulated. Try again. Try one more time. I'm feeling stimulated. 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 <laughs> During my fired up. Next episode segment. Stimulated. So what are you stimulated about? <laughs> so stimulated, man. It's awesome. I love everybody. You guys are amazing. It's really, it's giving me something to do during the day. And that is to me what is more important. It's not about sales and stuff like that. It's, it's that I'm not going crazy. So you're keeping me totally sane, guys. I love it. Thank you, you were, are you saying you were getting sick of watching The Office for like four hours a day? Yeah, I was. Yeah, sitting at home. Yeah, watching TV. I couldn't do that anymore. No. Not after the first 11 days. And then I was like, nah, I'm done. I can, I got to move. I can sit down and watch television for about 20 minutes at a time. And then I got to get up. Yeah. I got to do something else. Sheila and I have been re- rewatching Lost. That's been awesome. So, that at home watching TV has actually been awesome because we're watching Lost and we love that show. So uh, no complaints in that I got department. Beef, but you you're like, you like don't Lost? even. Uh-oh. I'm deep right Uh-oh. now. Yeah. I'm deep. This no, is I'm deep in Lost. I don't I'm not, know. If, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. No, I know you don't want to go there. There's yeah. no way I'm gonna win a battle against somebody who's really into that show. Deep. I I get it. I have the the Lost Encyclopedia book. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um. <laughs> I go hard on Lost. <laughs> Corey, what are you fired up about right now? Kind of counter to what you would expect, like what Ryan was saying. Um, with the COVID happening, uh, my main job that I do over the summer, I teach drum corps. The COVID. The COVID, yes. I teach drum corps usually about five to six weeks in the summer. I'm out away, out in the country teaching somewhere. Um, I'm not going to be doing that this year. So it's giving me another six weeks to kind of focus on disc golf and do more with my tournament, especially now that the PDGA has announced the new deadline to May 31st. It's given me a lot of extra time to make sure everything goes well and I can practice a lot. And I think definitely I spent a lot of time throwing in the field and putting and stuff. So I get an extra month now. And so awesome. July. What That's the right attitude. What an optimistic right. outlook. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love, Kicks it. Some love ass, it. So love it. Yes. That's great. Meanwhile, I wanted to cry, but <laughs> yeah. if it gives you more time, no, that's no, awesome. No, no. When yeah. I found out today that the PDGA canceled events, I was changing a flat tire on my work car. Like <laughs> oh, it was a terrible no. afternoon, and I'm just trying to Oof. you know turn it around. Yeah, turn oh, it around. well, you're doing a good job. You wow. can only control your perspective. You can't control what happens to you. So that's good right. for you. Yeah, totally. We've rearranged the structure of the show a little bit, so we're gonna do. Uh, at the front of the show now, we're going to tell you guys who won our contest from the last episode. Was so, it me? <laughs> the contest <laughs> sponsored got- by Bag of Tricks. Jason, you should probably handle this segment. Do you know who won? Do you know the... Okay, I got you, dog. <laughs> the question was, what is the number of cumulative aces between the three of us? Correct. Between Sean but can I, and Ryan. But can I say real quick that the reason that I don't know is because for 13 days, nobody answered. There, we had that, two. We, <laughs> we had, had, had seven hundred people answered in a matter <laughs> yes. of like twelve hours. Yeah, correct. And that's why I. When Sean puts something on yeah. Facebook, people 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 react. like yeah. that. Yeah. They want to talk to Daddy. The people <laughs> like when Sean talks. Okay, so the correct answer. Wait, before we say the correct answer. Okay. Can we just mock some of these answers Please. that we got submitted? Uh, one. Oh, definitely. Uh, on we got end. at least one. You mean one, make fun of my friends right now? 
Yeah. I'll never say no to that. Absolutely. Uh, we had at least one sweetheart guest zero. Um, that's, oh, cool. who is that? No, that was small tops. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't count. Uh, he was also not shy about referring to us all as trash on a public forum. So thank you for that, Chris. Huh. Thanks, Chris. What a guy. What a sweetie. <sighs> uh, we had a couple others, um, <laughs> you know, like five, seven, which I mean, I've been playing for 15 years or so. You guys probably similar. Yeah. It stung a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was weak. Half of it was funny. Half of it was like, you know, hmm. thanks a lot. Okay. What, what was our guest? Five. There was, a, I think, a Garb guest five. Garb's not allowed in the shop. Yep. Uh, right. Add him to the list. That's See you, Garb. it. <laughs> Kevin Schramm guest eight. Mm. Thor guest seven, on, of which I only had one. So I responded to that comment. And then I think I got called a snowflake. Um, <laughs> Thor called you a snowflake? Yeah, he did. Perfect. Um, but I admitted last episode that I can be sensitive. So he's not that out of place. You did do that. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm proud of you. And then we also had the other side of the spectrum where we we had guesses hundreds. in the hundreds. Um, Ryan, you had some feelings about that. Yeah, at some point. I, it was Jorge Pena. And it wasn't that. How, how many total was it? I think it was 245. Okay. So out of 245, he only gave me 55 of those. What? I, mean, yeah. I, get, I get it. WTF, man. I was right in the middle. So I don't think it was mm. crazy strategy on his part. Did I have the most? I'm hurt. He did. He, he, had, right, he guessed you with 100, 103. That got me in the feels a little bit. Hey, Fif- only 55? Mm. Uh, and then there was Computer. at least one other person who <laughs> had us in the hundreds. So thank you to whoever that was. That yeah. made us very, I mean, they very were nice. Very close. The correct answer, like I said, did not get got. So it close. Was all around. Every number except mm-hmm. the correct number. Mm-hmm. Yep. And using prices right rules, anything that was over the correct number is disqualified, which correct. is a shame. Because there was a lot of people so close. Yep. The correct number is 20. 20. 20 aces. 20 aces between the three of us. Corey was damn Ooh. close. And he just uh, you had it. You had it sewn up for you a minute. You had it for a good portion of the afternoon. It's yep. rigged. And then it came in from James Lotwine. James, yep. Is that that's how correct. I pronounce his last name? Yeah. Uh, he, tells me, he tells Lot- me every time that I'm saying it wrong. Well. And I would always say... James L. Loutwein? James Loutwein. L. Yeah. Guess Loutwein, 19, right. yep. which makes him the closest yep. and the most accurate without going And over. so, Sean, you had how many aces? Aces, 11. Yep. And I have seven. And it doesn't really matter how many I have. So <laughs> let's just, why are you guys bringing up old shit? Let's yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I oh have two and nobody saw the second one. So I so struggled to it actually counts. count that. It counts. Money. It counts. Two old ladies playing tennis was, saw it. Well, they, they you know, didn't see it, but they heard me scream and then they looked over and they were confused about what I was so excited about, but they didn't see yeah. or understand. You know what? If small tops had said he got an ace and it was by himself, I wouldn't believe it, but I do believe but I have some integrity. Yep. Thank you. Yep. What is your favorite of your two? Hands down, the first one. I was at Flip City. That's um, right. We talked about this. Yeah, Tell the story. I was up there. I just had heard about Flip City for years. Actually, my friend Kyle Wagner, back when I used to play in NIU, he told me about Flip City once in the middle of a league round, and it sounded like this fantasy world. I remember like in the back of my mind, like I'll probably never make it there, but man, it sounds amazing. And then once I got out of college and it was just like, I'm an adult. I can do cool shit. Yeah. Um, I looked it up and I made a trip up there. There was a tournament and this was like the second or third hole on a blind shot. I threw it downhill, skipped in. I heard chains, but I thought the chains actually came from another person. I didn't know that was me, but the people on my card started going like, dude, you just hit an ace. And I was like, I did. Yeah. (laughs) 
What's an ace? Then, well, it shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> uh, me and Andy. He's a dad. My, so. my, my boy, Andy O'Day, he and I were the only two non-locals there. We drove up from Chicago. So it was like a five-hour drive. Everyone else is local to that area. So we were out of place to begin with. And then when I hit an ace and took down the ace pot, there was a rumor circulating that we were like ringers and we were playing like bagging divisions. And and then uh, Bill signed the disc for me. The Bill, uh, the guy who like owns Flip City and started it. He uh, he asked if I wanted him to autograph my disc. And I was like, cool. Yeah, please do. Uh, So I still throw that disc all the time. Anytime I have a chance to get what I think is a skip ace, I throw that disc again. So it's not a chief. No, it's not cheap. It's a buzz, a buzz OS. And a lot of people have a rule about retiring a disc after you hit an ace. I do. Not me. I don't. I don't. Maybe if I hit more, I would. There, I have a few discs that were special aces that I have retired. But what was your favorite? My favorite one. My favorite ace of of your seven. Yes, my favorite one is my last one. Oh man, it's been in my eye. Yeah, we were at Sandy Point, uh, our annual trip with the the four guys. We have our own point system. We have our own little tournament going on through the week. I think Sean was in the lead. By just a couple, I think. By a couple points. And we got to hole one, and we we putted out. And while we were walking to hole two, I said something to the effect of, if I am going to beat you, I am going to have to ace. <laughs> and walked up to the tee box and buried in, in my eyeball. Babe Ruth did. Threw his disc into my face. And then, and then it went into the chains. And I was so excited about that ace that I did not realize the rest of the round was like one of my best rounds ever at Sandy Point. Like could have taken him down with an average round, but then just ground it into his face. Not on purpose. And you went back to back? Back to back, I yeah. think. Wait, no. Wait, you, you won 18 and 19. I think I won seven. Or did I win last year? And then you, you did. Won Back and, back and forth. Yeah. But I took it from you and it and felt forever. amazing. And yeah. I did retire that disc. It was a G-line, FD. G-Line purple FD. So your favorite ace has mostly to do with Sean's humiliation. At least 50% yeah. of it. Yeah. I get it. Got and it. He, I mean, it was dead in the heart of the center of the chain. <laughs> yeah. It, good. Yeah. it yeah. hurt. It felt yeah, You look it like got it in my you've head. got a look but on you your face what? like. Yeah. But that, that was, was, that was, an, ex- that was an experience up, for I was you. like, I got this. I yeah. got this. All I got to do is just play my game. Fuck these dudes. I'm going to play my game. I'm going to win. I'm taking that or home. Hole nope. two. Yep. From the yeah. jaws of victory, yeah. he ripped snatched it. And you know what? Ripped it away. Earlier that week, Sean and Donnie had gone back-to-back throws. Well, aces. now you're going to ruin my favorite ace. We'll cut this part out. Earlier, <laughs> earlier, no, we're not. Keep yeah, it yeah, in. Sean, what's your out. favorite yeah. ace? No, earlier in the week. Well, he can explain it. Go ahead. Yeah. Sean, okay. Well, I will explain You guys it. are adorable, yeah. by yeah. the way. Earlier in the week, Sean and Donnie had gone back-to-back aces, which were their first aces at Sandy Point. Yes. And an ace in our point system gives you five points, which is a good amount of points given our system. So he put himself a little out of reach doing that. And that's why I said, I'm only going to be able to beat you by acing and then did it. So three out of the four of us aced that trip, which was amazing, but I was the last one and mine counted for way more. The most. Yeah. So the win. So your favorite ace was also on the Sandy point trip the day before he aced. Oh my God. Donnie and I had both aced back to back on the same holes. Serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah. And then next day, boom, he hits one. Yeah. Sean hit one. And we were out of our minds. And then Donnie hit his, what he calls his first ace ever on the next right. throw. Similar to Alex's situation because his very first ace, I think it was hole seven at Dugan with no a glow gator and he was alone. So mm-hmm. he didn't count that. We've always given him shit and said, no, it counts, dude. 
Yeah. So this is this is what he counts as his first. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome about you guys. Second. As much as you love to give each other shit and uh, all your friends, you also like champion each other and like yeah. you really build each other up as well as Terry. Well, the down. love yeah. it comes from the hate. I mean, if you can't see the love and the hate, that's why I've always said <laughs> if your friend isn't willing to like mess with you and insult you, not your real. How friend. close of a friend yeah. are they? Correct, Corey. How many aces do you have? I want to say like somewhere between five and ten. I didn't hit my first one until like three years ago. And they consistently have been coming every month or two since. So wow. every two months, three months I got one. I think first one I got was here. Hole 10, A pin with nice. a metal flake gator. Whoa. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, I was on New Year's Day, like three Ooh. or four years ago. Holy Magic. Who had a New Year's Day, Ace? It was uh, when it was like 50, 60 degrees and no snow on New Year's one year. Was it 2017? We Might have been. Right Dude, Ace Brothers. Hell yeah. I used oh, whole six at Tinley, remember? At Tinley, yeah. yeah. skip Ace with my mm-hmm. PD. Uh, Jason, do you have a favorite Ace? Uh, Would you like oh, to borrow one of mine? Yeah, can I have one of yours? No. <laughs> uh, the one that's in Kiss, I can't think of his last name right now. Freely. 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 I would I would have gone Ventura, but Freely is fine too. Well, it's funny that you I'll say that. Ventura, yeah. Because one of the funnest things going back to the Sandy Point trip that we do, we... Listen to like five albums the whole time that we're there on, on repeat. There's one band that we listen to, and one then we listen to uh, Kiss Unplugged. That's an album that we have on repeat all the time. I had that CD when I was like seven, eight, maybe. It Played it all jams, the time, dude. It jams. Kiss yeah. Unplugged. Listening to Kiss when you're seven is a sign of a cool kid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's my mom. Thank her for me. Ace Freely, yeah. Kiss Unplugged. Check it out. Okay, so we know uh, James won the contest from last week. We will announce. I wanted. I do want to say Corey. It would have seemed. It would have seemed staged. Of what I could say. Each of you got an ace on that one. Yeah, that was the main reason I chose eighteen. Well, you you said six six six. Hell also, yeah, which, you know, <laughs> would have been the obvious choice to me. I, Steve Ratchin also guessed 18, but he uh-huh. did not guess the individual aces and he guessed after you. So you would have won. But James yeah. came in at the at I the was buzzer. worried that it was going to look staged. Like <laughs> right? yeah. Corey's our guest and you happen to win the contest. This week. We totally <laughs> gave him a hat. We promise. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, James, thank you for saving us from that weird situation. Um, OK, we'll, we'll announce the new trivia challenge toward the end of this episode but for now let's do a calendar rundown there's i mean we're just gonna repeat that everything (laughs) we are we're gonna figure out a way to do a cool disc golf valley tournament i mean i I know uh brian layton did set one up and probably lots of people have done this already but we have shared a couple ideas on how we can do it and make it actually pretty good so yeah we'll figure that out and we'll we'll let you guys know i think the major issue for me is the obvious cheating that people have said that they're doing on a regular basis playing that game like how do you combat that and have a fair well i think we have to make it so that you don't win anything um you just do it because it's fun and you want to be involved and if you want to cheat to win that i'm just sad for you yeah right yeah so we'll just do it and hope that people are cool and we'll do it on the honor system and yeah i mean does it feel good to pretend you won something i mean i don't know does it feel good to say that you shot 16 down at shorewood playing the pars on the t signs who who does that every disc golfer ever oh (laughs) (laughs) gotcha Uh, No, but calendar. So we did find out today that through May 31st, all PDGA sanctioned events canceled. We will reschedule. So that affects uh, Corey's tournament, The Funk, which was May 17th. Uh, I'm sure you don't have a date yet, do you? I mean, it just happened three hours uh ago. Honestly, anything's open. We're probably going to keep it on a Sunday. Why haven't Um, you figured it out yet? Yeah, come on, man. Jeez. 
Corey's event is going to be uh, postponed. We talked about it earlier. He is going to postpone rather than cancel, which is awesome because I think we talked about maybe signing signing up for that tonight. I'm going to sign up. For I'm going to sign up. For it. Uh, we talked about that last this. last episode. Yeah, we're all going to play intermediate and uh, do a card request. See if we can get on the so same card. So when we get to Corey's portion of the podcast, I think we should all pull out our phones and sign up using discgolfscene.com. Oh, okay. that's awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Uh, and I, then obviously I don't get paid until Friday. Clay tra- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Clay Track Classic 2 also within the May 31st date, so that will be postponed as well. And total bummer, Clash at the Canyons. Everybody just signed up a couple weeks back and uh, we're going to have to postpone. So everything will be postponed, which is a good thing. It's just, it's a pain in the neck to have to learn that another month is, has to be pushed on top of everything else. So it's some work, but- yeah. The calendar will be full at some point, I promise you, and we'll have actual disc golf to talk about. It's going to be awesome. We picked the greatest time in disc golf history How to start doing a disc golf podcast uh, about local disc golf that isn't happening yet. It's amazing. I think the virus picked the best time. Damn I you, mean, COVID. Don't, don't put this on us, dog. Yeah. At least we're giving people a little flavor of disc golf yeah. during yeah. this trying time. Yeah, hey, there absolutely. We go. Yeah, and, and you know, while we're on that subject, some of you have probably seen me posting about this on both the Unstable page and Disc Golf Chicago's page, and Sean's also posted about it. We're working on a video project where the idea is to make sure everybody still feels connected to the sport and connected to each other as a community. I am asking everybody to send in a video, one minute or less, where you tell us what you love about disc golf or what you miss about being able to play in leagues and you know you know what what you're missing right now during quarantine or what are you doing to you know keep that sort of flame alive like what are you doing to practice send us a video of either what you're doing to keep yourself sane or you know tell us what you miss or love um, we're going to compile all that stuff and make a little video and we'll share it with everybody and it'll be some warm fuzzy feelings while we wait for you warm know life to get back to normal mm-hmm. i would appreciate Anybody to send in their two cents. Don't overthink it. Just send us something real quick. I thank you very much. Mm -hmm. It's that time. It's that time for Local Realm. Uh, Sean, why don't you kick us off? Who are you shouting out? I am shouting out uh, one of the homies, Brian Espinoza. What is uh, Team Dink? Team Link? Team Dink. It's Team Link, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I I call him Team Dink out of love. Dink and Flicker. Uh, Brian Espinoza, really rad dude. Recent dad yeah yeah, yeah. get a little uh-huh daughter. yeah 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 mm-hmm. uh, i'm looking at ryan for confirmation because i have a child you just and look you, at me. yeah you know yeah. you're a dad. you know all the I, other dads yeah. who right? has kids from the meeting give me the wait list. wait wait there's another one just now somebody okay. had okay. a baby yeah. <laughs> okay cool. i know it yeah i can feel it uh so brian over the course of a time that i'm not totally sure on it wasn't even a year i don't think like eight or nine months yeah lost 125 pounds damn and looks like a beast like and he's working his butt off yeah he looks like a totally different yeah different guy he looks fantastic so i would want him on my team i don't want to be on the other side of that work ethic no 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 i'm I'm just saying like (laughs) if he's in a gang and i'm in a gang yeah i want to be on his gang he's he's getting jacked yeah he's getting ripped he's he's hitting it hard so Dude. Stoked for him. 125 pounds is a lot of pounds. Yeah. You know, the other thing it's a is, person. 
Yeah. It's a person's worth of weight. His his posts and, you know, his videos that he's posting up and it's showing his work ethic and it's showing his process and it's showing how excited he is for what he's doing for himself. And it seems to be motivating a ton of people. I don't I can't I, I'm on that list. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I can just feel like he's getting people off the couch with Dude. that. And it, oh, it feels I, I reached out as uh, he he you know what is awesome is he didn't document like every step of the way. Like some people they're like, I'm gonna start a weight loss journey now. Right. So follow along. He just mm-hmm. did the damn thing. And now yeah. he's like, he just came out of nowhere to me, like on social media, all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, look what he's achieved. Yeah. And then he started saying it. So here's kind of what I've been doing. And like anybody can do this. And half of me was like, damn, it was cool to not be the only fat dude in disc golf. I used to like see him and be like, I see you, bro. Like, what up? But now I'm like, <laughs> now I, I'm like, I got to follow in his footsteps. I right. mean, yeah, he, he's it. really right. set. He set a great example. Yeah. And yeah. I reached out to him and I was just like, let me get your Instagram. Let me just follow along with whatever you're doing. I'm super inspired. And he's just been nothing but like cool and supportive. And it seems I mean, like he's doing it pretty low key, just in the house and like free weights. He maybe everything that I'm seeing on social media is like him working out at the house. Well, Which at I least also now. have mad respect for because that yeah. takes so much more motivation. Definitely. To like well, it's more motivation, going. but it's also showing everyone else that you don't need to go to the gym. Yeah. You, don't you don't need a $70 a month right. lifetime exactly. fitness, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do it at home. He had amazing energy as a person, even yeah. as a bigger guy. But his energy now is to- is like it's totally different and it's way higher. Man. It's just, it's just inspired. How can you, how can you see that and not want yeah. to have that? Yeah. Like kudos we to ran him. into him. Where did we see him over at Highland about a month ago? He hadn't even reached his full peak yet, but we right. saw him and we were like, who is that? Yeah. Wait a minute. It took us all a second and then we lost our minds over it. Yeah. yeah. He looks amazing. Looks, he looks great. He looks like he feels great too. And look good. Feel shot. good. We know that's always a part of our thing. That's um, it. Yeah. Disc golf, part of it is, you know, getting active and taking care of yourself and keep it up, brother. Uh, okay. Corey, do you have a local route shout out? Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about my, uh, my local route is going to be my brother, Curtis Simonich. Uh, he definitely has helped me out a lot with planning the tournament, making sure I don't overdo anything. Like he gives me, uh, kind of holds me back when I'm saying, Hey, we need to do this. We're going to do this. There's going to be CTPs here. We're going to have competition. He's like, Whoa, 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 slow it down. Make sure that you, uh, can handle what you're doing and kind of makes it work. Like, you you need that, dude. Dial it back a bit. I, I have yeah. a good idea. And he's like, just save it. Save it for the next one. And I'm like, awesome. Thank you. So, dude, you, need, you definitely need that. You need that so, voice. For real. That's yeah. huge. Like I was telling you earlier, I mean, you got to have the crew around you and the people that are supporting you through anything, especially to put on a disc golf tournament where you have 90 people. You got to keep happy or however many people. Is is he a disc golfer? Yeah, he is. My brother actually got me into disc golf. Uh, he played, he's probably started, started playing three or four years before me. He's four years older than me and he started in high school. I started when I was probably a sophomore in high school because he was playing in college. He went to Aurora university and played at the leagues over there at Jericho awesome. and Eagle Ridge a bunch. Um, he's the reason I came out to leagues. My first time, my first time at doves was Shanahan. I was partners with Trey. Uh, oh. he, he didn't lose anything. Don't worry. Okay. Good. And <laughs> the other person on my card was Hopkins was on my card. Oh, and it's I, a killer no, no, card. I, was, I, great I, I think experience. Hopkins partner was the guy that builds the bridges. I don't know his name. Do you know what I'm talking about? He built a bridge or two at Shanahan. You Troy? guys went, no, maybe I'm not sure. Uh, I've seen him around a bunch, but, uh, older guy. Yeah. He's an older guy. I think his son plays too. Maybe not sure, mm, but, geez. but mm. I just remember it was Asking definitely nerve wracking. Cause I walked up to my card and, Trey was my partner, and then I walk up, and Hopkins is wearing a 
police polo. It was like <laughs> Juliet police or playing field police or something. And I was like, oh my God, cops, disc golf. This is, this is not where I need to be right now. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I think we took second or third for my first time at least. Nice. And my brother talked me into doing that. So I thank him for even getting me into this. Wow. That's great. Right on. Awesome. So he's, uh, he's just helping take things off your plate and keep you on track and keeping you from like getting too burnt out with everything. Yeah, exactly. Like I just don't want to get overwhelmed and he is handling things. Like he ran all the numbers for, we were running our orders two days ago. It's going to be a little different now that we've got extra time, but we were just figuring out budget and he's like, no, no, we can't do this. We got to do this. And I'm like, sweet. Thank you. Disc golf is for brothers. I've always said that. Yep. Got a hug. (laughs) Brothers got a hug. Plays as well too. He's probably in his mid fifties. His name's Chris Bebar. He, uh, he won state back in like 89 or 90. No way. I think. What? Yeah. And like, Does he it's still play? Uh, he plays when he can. Um, yeah. He'll play with us when we invite him out. Uh, definitely. But he yeah. gave me my first two discs. It was in a bullet XD and an 86 softy. 86 softy. I know so bullet XD. That, the, yeah. the, the, the 86 softy is in the Creek at West park. Mm. Old hole three. I was putting a tap in and I missed the basket. Oh, right there. On the <laughs> it end. doesn't right take much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We all, we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Um, Except for Jason. He's never. No. I don't even know what you guys are Do you remember about. hole three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Brothers. I say old hole three, but I'm only not that old. So yeah. Yeah. that's like what? We, version we eight hole mean. three, maybe? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I've got my local route is the homie, Brad Cook. I think we talked about him before on the show. Mm-hmm. Um but Brad is in the middle of – he's actually been trying to keep this under wraps. Brad's family just bought like 36 acres out in Stockton, Illinois on Ooh. some beautiful Ooh. land that is Ooh. ripe for a disc golf course, and he's going to do it. So we were out there checking out the land, seeing what kind of holes he had in mind. He was asking if I had any insight on like what would a cool hole be, and I, I, I don't feel like that's my specialty. I was kind of hoping I could get your take on it at some point, but – Basically, the land is, is outrageously beautiful. Uh, it's good for camping. They've got some water there so you can do fishing. Mm. And there's insane elevation changes. So some of the holes are like way high and you're throwing way down. And it's a lot of work. I'm seeing how much work just to carry the baskets out there that he's carried out. He's putting in a crazy amount of work and there's so much potential. It's not, as far as I remember, not going to be something that's like open to the public. It's going to be sort of a private course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that it's going to be open year round because his family is also going to be putting an orchard out there and uh, like farming and stuff. So it's, I, in my dreams, I'm like, maybe this will be like a disc golf destination kind of place like uh, Sandy Point or a flip Mm -hmm. city or something dream scenario. But obviously there's, you know, it's his family's land. So we'll see what they do. But the name he has for it is the hidden veil, which is so dope. That is very dope. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some footage. I mean, I got a little footage while I was out there. I'll see if he doesn't mind. Maybe you should use your, drone dude i told him footage i told him i wanted to get a drone out there that should be the christening and, yeah yeah the drone mm-hmm. yeah um i mean i'm gonna it's like three hours away from me but worth it like so gorgeous so uh we'll we'll, we'll share a little yeah, bit of footage stopping. of that where is that it's near galena i told my wife right before i got in the car to go up there i was like i'm going to geneva i'll see you later and uh <laughs> then i halfway there i saw the signs and i was like wait i'm going to galena why did I say Geneva? One of those G places. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. He's doing really cool stuff and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So cool. Shout out to Brad and the hidden veil. It's time now that we get into the heart of this episode with our special guest, Corey Simonich. We're talking about first time TD experiences. 
I think everybody here, sans Jason, has gone through this at some point. But, Corey, you're going through it for the first time. You're being thrown into some crazy circumstances, obviously. But before we get into this blind side of, you know, having to reschedule, let's go back in the story to what made you think, like, all right, I'm going to run a tournament or I want to do this. Like, how did that come to be? I think the first thing that started with me is probably when I... Uh, was at my mom's house growing up playing disc golf and I would always make holes in the backyard and try to put the basket in as many different spots as I could and find every single possible tee pad you could make and like I made like Google Maps like screenshots and then drew the tee pads on there and like made courses in the backyard and like tried to get my friends to come over and they never wanted to come over. They're like, no, we're not going to throw putters in your backyard. I want to go to Shanahan and throw my drivers. And I'm like, come on, just play, play some putter golf with me. So like yeah. I kept like wanting to do all these things and then uh I last fall I made a safari layout for Round Barn and I was spending a lot of time out there because I worked in Manhattan for a little bit mm-hmm. and none of my friends ever wanted to go. They're like, no, it's Round Barn. It's windy. All the holes are like par fours. Like I don't want to yeah. go out to Round Barn and throw long shots all day in the wind. And I'm like, come on. And so I kind of got thinking in the fall. I was like, uh, if I want people to play the holes I want to play, I might as well just run an event. Like, yeah. Do it myself. Um, I know this might be a, I don't know if it's weird or not, but uh, sometimes I think if you want something done, do it yourself. It's not hey, weird. Do it done yourself. Dude, it's hey, my whole damn life. Like, yeah, you're talking to the guys. <laughs> no, I know. Like, that's what it's been. That's like, all we do. For yeah. the past six months, it's like, you know what? If I need something done, and like, this super translate to, to my other job of teaching and writing music with a bunch of other people, like collaborating with 10 different people on writing a piece of music that's happening. Like, sometimes all the compromise makes a bad song. Like when you, everybody puts oh, all the ideas true. in, it, it right. doesn't too work out. Too many cooks, too many cooks in the cooks kitchen. Every time, so yeah. like too many bread cooks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can never have too many bread <laughs> cooks. How about how about too many chiefs? Oh yeah, uh, you can't have too many of those either. <laughs> yeah, so I like was at a Christmas party. It was a Christmas Eve party, and on the way there, I, I decided to myself like I'm going to run a tournament next year. And I, I looked at my brother and I was like, Kurt, I'm going to run a tournament next year. And he's like, Real, Really? Like, and I'm like, Yeah. Like, do you want to do it with me? And he's like, Yeah, of course. So like. We just started doing some of the simple planning. Like for me at first, I, I, all my priorities when I started all flipped as I got into it and realized what I actually needed to do. What was your first, like, okay, I'm going to do this. So what was the first thing you thought I'm going to start with this? Uh, the first thing I started, started with is because I already had been doing it was coming up with course design stuff. Like I want to make a layout that'll be fun for people to play. And so we spent probably like three, four weeks, we'd play round barn a few times and like get all the stuff laid out there. Our plan was to run it at round barn and uh, it was all looking great. I was having super, a lot of fun designing all these things. And then we got a few hurdles. We were talking to the park district about some fees and like all these different things. And I was like, Oh, I want this to be sanctioned, but at the same time, like it'll be hard and like all these things. And so eventually after I decided on doing it at round barn and I decided that we were going to do the tournament the next day, I got an email from the park district. and was like, yeah, it's going to be like $750 just to play the come on round barn. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, we're obviously going to have to make a switch now. And I was like, why can't I do this anywhere else? And the first thing I thought of was I thought of Shorewood, but parking there is a problem. I've heard of stories in the past. You can't get more. Yeah. You can't get 40 people. You're going to break a window. Exactly. Um, And then I was like, you know what course needs some love is Highland. People don't play Highland enough. Like I know we all probably love Highland. I do. Yeah. I play it all the time, but it gets a bad rap. I think just because it's hard. I think people are scared of it. They don't want to go out there. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what we talked about last week. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't want to go out there and not have a good time. So yeah, my my first thought was, oh, how can I make Highland playable for someone that doesn't play often? How can I make Highland fun for you? So like we started going through and we've got it down to 24 holes now. The first round is 24 holes for the tournament and we're going to do a bunch of little safari holes. The idea is just, I call it super shorts. All the long holes are cut in half. 
all the medium holes are shorter even some of them like i think the longest hole on the course now is the only par four and it's i made it there mid-range mid-range tap in so okay not too bad um all the par threes are under 325 i want to say i don't think there's anything i don't think there's anything wrong with that no like, no, no yeah and the the one main reason i love it is that the second round is going to be og highland short pads like oh, regular cool. and yeah. that kind of makes it so that regular highland is your long version of this course because yeah. it already is it's yeah, already it is. hard enough yeah. like yeah. nobody i like playing the, the long tees at highland but a lot of people don't want to play a second round long tees at Highland on a hot Memorial Day weekend or something right. like that yeah. does not sound fun to them. Right. So, so you're going to so the people who love Highland will get to play the regular layout, but you're also going to have a version of it that no one's ever played before. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, I think in total there's 18 holes throughout the day that are you've never played them. And I think hmm. the other 24 holes, it's mix and match, like 18 from the original um I think in the safari round, there's only six regular holes in it. And the other 18 holes are all completely brand new. Um, are you bringing in any portables or is it you're still using all the pin positions that are? Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to need. I think we need six or seven portal, portable baskets. Do you this. have those already like lined up? Uh, for the most part, like I've got one. My brother and his roommate, Corey Seddon, have one. My stepdad has a Mach 3 that's in good shape. Your brother shape. and Corey Seddon are roommates? Yes, they are. They've been oh, living together man. for like a year or two now. Yeah. Every, every day. day. Yeah. I went to high school with Corey's sister and was like kind of friends with her in high school. And then I okay. met Corey like three years later and I'm great friends with him now too. So it's oh, just, cool. it's disc weird. Golf, my disc golf community map has just expanded. Yeah. Yep. The fog is lifted on that yes. portion of the map. Yep. You all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda. Yep. But yeah, we've got, I think six or seven portable baskets. There's some portable, not portable tee pads, but temp tee pads that we have to use. Um, well, if you're looking for more baskets, I know a guy. Just let me, of course you can use them. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome. That'd be great. Um, yeah. I think we've got them all lined up, but it'd be nice to like standardize them a little, not have, yeah. cause like I've got a disc catcher. My buddy's got an MVP one. My other buddy's got a dynamic one. So like, I kind of got a, a big mishmash we'll, we'll of stuff. We'll get you the Mach we'll, oh, we'll, we'll make okay. it pretty. Oh yeah, make it pretty. That'll be great. So you've got uh, you've got layout figured out. Yep. What is the next thing that you were like? Okay, we know what we're gonna play. Take me to the next thing you had to figure out to keep this train moving. Uh, I think the next thing after that was like, what's the the, like the format kind of? You could say like, what if if I'm playing this tournament, what's in it for me as a player? I signed up. What do I get? What do I expect out of this tournament? The next thing was just deciding like, do I want to sanction this? Do I want to do payouts? Do I want trophies? Do I want player packs? All those things. And like easiest thing for me that uh, I actually stole a lot of this from Dan Schlitter's event, the spring thing. I was looking at his stuff. When I was setting up my stuff, I was going down his list because he ran a trophy only event for $25, just like mine. And I was like, oh, this is a great way to do it where I don't necessarily have to worry about payouts because that was the big thing for me is like, I don't have a stack of discs here. And this is prior to me ever talking to Sean about them doing Delta would base payouts and like so i was like i can't pay people anything i like obviously you're gonna give me money but i i can't guarantee that i'm gonna have all these supplies so that you can buy things with your funny money so mm-hmm. the big thing next was like figure out what to do and then we uh we found a good setup with discraft like i think it runs like seven eight dollars a disc and then ten for the players packs and so we're working with eight seven eight bucks or so left over to get extra things and then Discraft is shut down. So oh. <laughs> I, I finally yeah. got in contact with them and they're like, yeah, uh, the, the email they sent me said April 13th. Let us know. That's when we're reopening. So I messaged them on like April 11th. It was like the Friday before that Monday. I was like, hey, like just a few questions. They're like, and I just got a stock email like, 
email us on May 1st. Wow. That's not enough time. So we started looking around other things and like, but at that point, was your registration already like, did you do any promoting or anything? Did people oh, know yeah. this was going to um, happen? Yeah. I think I announced it in February, probably middle mm-hmm. of February. I think my, my plan for this was I was going off the Delwood model, like the, the eight weeks before tournament. That's when we sign up. I was kind of doing that to make sure you like that. I wanted to be consistent, you know, you gotta, you gotta, gotta keep it in the family. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I announced it a month before sign updates, which is three months before tournament date. And I spent the first few weeks just kind of throwing a few things together. Like I made a little logo. I had already spent a lot of time working on like T sign stuff for the holes. Had you ever made, have you, had you ever designed a logo before? No, but me and my girlfriend do a lot of arts and crafts based stuff. We like to make things ourselves. So it wasn't too bad. I did it on Excel, found some patterns. You did it on work. Excel? Yeah. I did all my wow. T signs on Excel too. I wow. know that's probably the, wow. well, no, the, the, the T signs on Excel. Mm. Like I can see that, but yeah. designing Damn. anything creative on Excel, it's like trying to hammer in a nail using a screwdriver. No, it, it definitely like when I was on there, the way that the objects work, it's like you have to have different shapes and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to imagine if I had construction paper and make layers like South Park does. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, so like, cool, wow. I made all my stuff that way where it's like the background is one solid rectangle. Yeah. If I need like a border, I'm just going to do a different color and then cover it up with this, like, right. And just gotcha. do bunches of layers. And that's kind wow. of the main way I set up all that stuff. Good for you. So but you, it leads to a question that I have. Why is it called the funk? Ah, uh, so the reason I did the funk is I'm a musician and I was thinking like, this is something Sean's mentioned a lot this spring is like, how can people in the community bring their talents to disc golf somehow? So my big thing is I teach music a lot and I love playing and listening to music. So I was like, why can't I somehow tie the music to the disc golf in a way that I can? So yes. I started going through and my mom is redesigning her living room right now and she's doing it all mid-century modern and all the colors Ooh. are great. So I was using a lot of the color schemes mm, she's been doing. Job, like She's mom. been sending me stuff. Oh no, they just got a new couch in. I'll, I'll show you guys later. It looks amazing. We're going to put um, it on the site. Mom's uh, couch. Yeah, we uh, was working with like some color schemes I liked and I thought like, what's a good thing? And I was going through all the titles and like trying to come up with stuff. And then one day I had a thought of the old Greg thing, the the funk. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Is it from like Mighty Boosh or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I thought of that and I was like, like, oh, the funk. Of course, the funk. Like, And uh, that kind of stuck. I texted my brother one day and was like, the funk with like four exclamation points. And he was like, yeah, we figured it out. So I love when stuff comes to you like that instead of trying to shoehorn it in and make stuff yeah. work that yeah. never turns out the same way. Yeah. It is one of my favorite moments in the creative process when you say the thing that makes everybody else go, yes, that's they, it. You got it. Trying yeah. forever yeah. and they couldn't yeah. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So then I thought uh, one of the other things I've, I'm doing a little bit, I've kind of slacked on it lately because I've been working a whole lot since the quarantine has started. I was posting on the group page for the event, trying to post some music that I like, some funk music on a, a sort of regular basis. Like Funk that people know for sure. Stuff people have heard before, like Earth, Wind & Fire, like Tower Power, like things like that. Mm -hmm. Or like another one that I tried to post was um, The Meters, which is a, a band everyone's heard. But they would probably they, they would they never even know. know who they are yeah. or any sure. of that stuff. So you're, you're kind of creating a brand for the for the event. I mean, exactly. You're, yeah. you're making sure that people understand what are they going to be participating in. What is cool about this event? And part of it is like the vibe, the art, all that stuff builds into. It's not just playing the layout, and it's not just playing disc golf. What is the feeling of this tournament? You you must have to do the same thing with Clash and oh, King yeah. of the Canyons. There's like a feel There's to a all the branding and marketing that goes around. A tournament, mm-hmm. and so I feel like you maybe at first glossed over that part, but that's that's a pretty like involved part of the process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I, I don't want to say I was worried about the branding stuff because I don't have much experience going out and creating a brand of any sort. Like, well, you've done it. 
I've done it now. Yeah. So um, one of the things I was thinking was like in this probably December or January, I was thinking like, how can I get more involved and maybe make this a bigger part of my life? Like try to be able to someday work in disc golf like yeah. Sean does here, like stuff like That's that. That's the dream, um, baby. That I is know, the exactly. dream. And like um, part of me was like, oh, you should make a brand. Like that's what everyone's doing right now with disc golf. But I have trouble with that, like making a single brand that's going to last forever. So like having this single branded tournament kind of seems like the right move because I, if I don't want to do it, I can just move on to a different one yeah. like right after. If yeah. it's a huge success, you love it. People have a great time. The funk too, you know, next oh, year. Of course. Yeah. And now you can grow from it. But at, at the end of the road, you're just like, it was fine. I, you know, I didn't love it. So mm-hmm. you just start over with a new tournament next time. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with looking at it. Like this might be something I do every year. Oh yeah, you know? totally. Um, I'm already thinking about doing more. Like I want to do that one at round bar. And I think one of the main features of any of the funk events is going to be the safari style where you have regular golf mixed in with safari golf, just because it makes it different. And like, it doesn't have to be hard. Like I watched safari on YouTube, like central coast has put up some safari stuff recently and I watch it and it's just like par sixes all over this golf course. And it doesn't seem that fun to me. So like, it's like we can have safari and do other weird things. Um, Well, and I think a lot of tournament directors around here and otherwise like don't want to put that much time into it. So you don't see it very often, but I think that's, that sounds fun as hell. Yeah. I don't know. I think one yeah. of the, one of the other big features of the tournament that I haven't said much about just cause it, I don't, I'm, I'm almost positive it is allowed, but I planned on playing the music. Like I've been putting together a, a playlist on Spotify for all this. That's pretty extensive. I probably got like seven or eight hours worth. I was just going to have music blasting all day from tournament central, like the whole yes. time. So when you're in your round and like you're getting near tournament central or even close, like you're out on hole seven at Highland, you can hear that funk beat in the background, Dude. like jamming the whole time. Oh, I love like, that. So love it kind of sets the tone for how you want to play rather than like making this a serious thing. You can make it serious if you want, like it's competitive, mm-hmm. but like we're here to have fun. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to have fun listening to fun. We've talked about that a bunch of times. Just know what is it you're trying to achieve? Because if you are soft or if you're in the middle about, you know, between a couple of things, that's when things fall flat. It'll show. Yeah. It'll show. Mm -hmm. If you just say, this is the goal and you make every decision based around that thing that you've decided on for sure, it'll be cool. And I think uh, the idea of having the music playing all day will help remind people, this is just a fun event. I mean, of course I want to win the trophy. Who's not going to have fun when there's funk playing all day? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Can I? I'm, I'm really interested in their trophy situation. How did you decide? What do we have to work with budget wise for trophy? What do I want out of our trophies? Who's going to make them? All that stuff. Walk us through your trophy yeah, situation. So, so right now with trophies, it's kind of uh, up and down because of this quarantine. Um, my original plan for all of the non-winning trophies, so second and third places, was going to be handmade ceramic stuff that my girlfriend makes. But the place that she does her ceramics at is closed. Of course. Oof. And yeah. so yeah. we have no access to the kill, no access to getting anything done. Like I know I've played in a tournament where Dana Vichy, his wife, has brought some of her ceramics as mm-hmm. trophies as well. So that was a big thing. Uh, one thing that I think I'm still going to do, I'm almost positive, I have to find someone to embroider for me possibly, but that shouldn't be too hard. I'm I'm planning on making for all the first places, anyone, I'm, I'll probably do all the because it doesn't look like there's that many signed up right now. It'll be a custom made pillow with fabric that I've cho- chosen. That's got a very funky feel to Whoa, it. That's cool. with a, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Right. I was trying yeah. to think of something different and yeah. we, we made pillows for Christmas for my mom and for my brother's girlfriend and someone else this year. Like we do, we make a lot of things like that's what we like to do. Arts and crafts. Hell yeah. Um, so I made this pillow for my mom this year that's got that mid-century modern feel to fit her new living room. And it's got this great army green with like a mustard yellow to it. Like oh, sign me up. Great colors. So yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. And Just so, say perfect. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to do a pillow and I'm going to go. Uh, I plan on making all the pillowcases for them and bring it to an embroidery shop and have them yeah. embroider like 
MA1, first place. MA3, right. first place. Definitely do that. That's, yeah. cool. God, that's so cool. I'm not going to yeah. do it myself. I got, yeah. No, I, but I make about, that happen for I, the My event, original please. was cross-stitching it all, but I was like, no, no don't thank do that. you. Yeah. It would take too long. I'm glad you, that, yeah, so yeah, cool. you've seen how so much right. time that would take. Yeah, yeah, but in terms of budget for it, though, like we just finished our budget last night for discs, but now that everything is moved back, we don't have to place the disc order tomorrow, which mm. we were planning on doing. So we might have more funds available for the trophies. Right now, we've got about $150 to $200 left over for these trophies, and I should be able to manage is that no problem with fabric? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, if yeah. you're gonna make I'm most of it myself, yourself, so you I should think. be able. Yeah, you I've already fine. got my my kick drum on my drum set is the box of fluff that I use to stuff the pillows <laughs> right now. So I'll be able to use. I've got fluff already. I've got lots of fabric at sewing machine. Like all I got to do is buy a big roll of fabric, but it's hard to go to Hobby Lobby and choose fabrics. The trophies yeah, yeah. are going to have funk baked into the fibers exactly. of the trophy. Yeah, exactly. sure. awesome. The only thing better would be if you could get Bootsy Collins to come out. You're so right. Oh, you are so right. <laughs> Bootsy, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd play oh, the slide whistle for it. <laughs> um, as I said, I was going to do, I'm going to sign up for the funk oh. right now. Oh, okay. let's do so that. You guys feel free let's while do we're doing the cast to sign up. Okay. So we need to go to. I'm doing MA2. We're going to do intermediate, right? DGScene.com. Disc. Discgolfscene.com. And brought to you by. Uh, in MA2, we are going to be playing against the likes of, uh, I know some of these guys, Austin Pedigo. Uh, I've ben seen that Fee-Jack, name. Jack. Oh, I know him. You know Benny? Yep. David Shutt. Uh huh. Mike Craig. Oh, the man's so nice. They named him twice. <laughs> I, I don't think I've met Mike, but I've yes, been developing. I've Mike. been developing this like friendship with him on Facebook. I, we had some interaction f- through the show at some point, and yeah. uh, now we just like I have messages go back and forth with him at like every couple of days or so. Yeah. He just seems like the easiest going. He's cool, chillest dude, super Mike's cool. Awesome. Yep, uh, Mitch DePiro and Pete Wilson. So he's playing. Oh. So first place is locked up. Pete Wilson, funny story about Pete. You know how uh, you did the shout out about Disc Golf Valley and that was like Pete started that? Yes, sir. I had some interaction with Pete the other day on Facebook and I was like, oh, you know, we gave you a shout out. You had a shout out on the last episode. And he was like, oh, I should check that show out at some point. And I was like, you haven't listened? Uh, he's like, uh, no, I've never listened to a podcast. And uh, I was like, uh, well, here's a link. And he's like, uh, do I have to download anything? And I'm like, no, just here, use this link Click and listen to it. that triangle button. Um, yeah. So uh, I was like, wait, are we going to take your podcast virginity? Ryan is signed up. Confirmed. Yeah. Are we going to take your podcast virginity? And he said, it's all yours, big boy. And I was like, I'll be gentle. Don't worry. Um, so hopefully Pete has succeeded in getting podcasting going. And now he's on two episodes in a row. I'm just hit and continue here. I, I have signed up. There. I am signed up. How'd you do that so fast? Discgolfscene.com. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you got to get in for the, the ace good. pot. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. In on CTP, $3, yep. three separate dollar CTP. I'm even going to donate a dollar to the American no, Heart it's Association. Probably, I don't know if I'm going to do any cash. I'm going to do lots of discs. Oh, I haven't decided oh, yet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. I got a bunch of stuff. Awesome. Haven't not nailed down the CTP stuff the yet. Pool. I have registration. Next on my list once. Not well, it was good. on the next yeah. on my list. <laughs> well, yeah. And complete registration. Ooh, did any of us put a card request in special notes? Nope, but. Oh, we're I'll sitting remember. here with the team. Well, I've got you a few already. Yeah, if you guys want to do, we whatever, know the guy. If anybody out there is signing up and wants to play, yeah. please make a request. Right. Anything Ooh, you Tom want. Tom Gronsky's in advance. Good. Alex is Tom is hustling, dude. Let's go. It's all up. up. We're in. It's my first sanctioned tournament since 2016. Mine too. Damn. Thank you. No, that means a lot. Thanks for putting it together, man. We are excited. Very curious to see how things unfold with all the uh, quarantine and pushbacks and everything. It's kind of interesting because we have veteran. I mean, you're definitely a veteran tournament organizer, and I would say you are as well. I'm becoming a veteran assistant to the tournament director. Tournament director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I've done two or three, but never, I'm not going to call myself a veteran, but, um, and then we have like the greenest of green tournament directors yeah. whose first tournament has been canceled before it even started or okay. delayed. I should say yeah. Yeah. delayed. Yeah. So um, now not knowing what is going to happen, what are your thoughts for going forward? What is your next step? And what do you think you would like to have happen? Oh, uh, I mean, the first thing for me that I like from my point of view is I need to get a rescheduled date approved and I'm in line. Uh, I'm not first in line, like A tiers, B tiers are first for that. So once they start lining up tournaments later, like we'll be rescheduling right away. Still planning on doing it on a Sunday. That's one of the big things about it is I, I've missed so many tournaments that were on Saturdays because I worked and it always bothered me. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do Sundays because most people are off. On well, the there's day. plenty of tournaments on Saturdays and Sundays are generally more open, you yeah. know, even later in the summer. So you've got a better chance that way. Yeah, totally. same Sundays too. Adam Berkovic. Isn't he always like, dude, do it on Sundays. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys that want them on Sundays. Yeah. I have kind of a yeah. big question for you. Tell me about your dream result coming out of this. Like, what will make you look back on the tournament and be like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Well, his dream- And what is your nightmare scenario? So- are you t- his dream is for Ryan to win. MSC. Is that your? That's your yeah, dream. That's yeah. Pillow, dog. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Uh, do you mean for this event specific or yes. in general? Okay. For this event, probably the best way this would turn out is everybody shows up. Beautiful weather. All the electronics work to make music happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one thing I want to do is just give away as much as I can in terms of prizes, raffles, like. I'm trying to get as many extra discs as I can. Like me and my brother are going through our stash right now of everything we don't throw. And like, that's up for grabs and everything. Like we're going to put oh, all right that in on. there because we don't need it. That's like, amazing. You know what cool. I mean? Like yeah. if anybody has discs they want to bring to donate for prizes, we'll make another CTP. We'll, for sure. We'll add another. I think like, we could bring a fat stack to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. As, as you progress and you run more tournaments, you will acquire so many discs anyway. That's the goal. So like you don't need more. Yeah. Like I right now you. I'm planning on yeah. ordering for the players packs. Like I think it was 80 or 85 for the 68 to 70 players in AMS. So like Mm -hmm. I'll have 15 extra. I want to build up a a little bit of a collection so that I four tournaments down the road, I've got a big box full of random tournament stamp stuff. That's mine that I can give away. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. Can we show up in our new uh, unstable discourse branded Nike polos? Oh, and and can we have one of our unstable discourse hats as a prize that somebody could win? Like as a CTP prize or something. Oh, he's getting He's getting, getting hooked up, fat dog. stack oh, of stuff. Thank you. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> cool. absolutely. Cool. Yeah. We're going to show up with a van full of goodies. All right. Uh, and then the Night, so nightmare, like nightmare situation. Um, yeah. Definitely would probably have Ryan to do with. Ryan wins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think for the for me the nightmare would be everything looks great and then it, it gets rained out within minutes like it looks fine in the morning oh, and like then you don't see downpour. it coming to, like yeah. I remember before the shop was here playing dubs here once and getting stuck under the pavilion for like an hour and it was like nobody saw it coming I was playing with Ron Dawson and he had his huge tent oh. umbrella and he was holding it over the whole tee pad for everybody but it was just out of nowhere uh that and like people complaining about the You event know that Ron Dawson's well. our uncle right <laughs> I always like to say that because most people don't know. Right, Ron yeah. Dawson is Jason and I's uncle. Really? I didn't You're know not that. joking. Okay. No, I'm not no, joking. I thought you were Ron Dawson is oh 100% goodness. blood relative. Yep. Wow. Did, he hand, did he hand down a notebook or two to you? He's handed down so much. Good and bad. We love him. He's a nut, but I love him. Okay, so uh, bad but, weather is sort of your nightmare. You were saying also that people complain. Yeah, yeah. I don't I would definitely not want someone to feel like they didn't get their money's worth. I think one of the things when I was thinking about it was like not doing payouts. Like I have to make sure everybody 
feels like they got $25 worth of something. That's the thing for me is like, I know there's a minimum for the PDG. I think it's like 80% has to be paid back to them. And like, it's not too hard to do that, but I really want to, I just want to make sure everyone enjoys it and has a good time while they're there. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, things were ran poorly. I hated how this was the CTP hole. Like, why didn't this go well? Like, why did I get put on this car? Like, those are the the fact that you're already (laughs) naming all those things ensures that exactly those (laughs) things won't happen. Just energy alone, like it's, it's inspiring to hear you talk about your event in the way that you're talking about it, because I mean, I don't want to say I'm a veteran because I know guys that have been doing this for 30 years, yeah. you know, so I'm by no means at that level, but I've been doing it a while and your energy right now is very uplifting and inspiring. So thank you. Yeah. I, I, and I was going to sure say that yeah. you will have no issues. Like it's all in how you handle it and you set the tone and you set the vibe and yeah. people vibe off of that. Right. And it's, it'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you're not going to totally eliminate the people that are going to complain, yes. but it's no. never going to be your fault if you've prepared for it, which is like some people like complain have, so. on the best days in the world. You yep. all, you know, right. we yep. all know. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. exactly. But it sounds like you've prepped enough and already done enough work that I have already guaranteed myself getting more than $25 worth out of it. And all I haven't right. gotten paid out. I haven't gotten a player's pack, like just knowing what it, Sounds like it's going to be like we're good. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the big. The, I was going to say the event seems already like there's heart in it. There, yeah, it's totally. it's all coming yeah. from a good place. I'm only doing it because I want to. I wouldn't do this for. He any thought other about cross stitching the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So from from an outsider's perspective, it's crazy to me that you guys do this for the love of the game. Like, right. yeah, no one's trying to get famous from being a TD. No one's trying to make a ton of money from being a TD. It's like, because I love this sport yeah, so much. It's so weird. Right? And I yeah. want to be part of it in a bigger way. We've, so we've talked like about a, that on the tourney journey. If you're trying to make a tournament to make money, you're, you might be a redneck. Yeah. <laughs> I keep finding myself like, I'm on Amazon and I'm like, oh, I need this for the tournament. And then I look at my PayPal and I'm like, oh, I'll just buy it myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to need this later yeah. anyway. And yeah, I that's what happens. Yeah. I think that here. all the time. I don't uh, mind spending money on my, out of my own pocket for the things that we do, you know, as organizers or oh, like as content creators, whatever, because yeah. it gives me, it feels good. Like oh, yeah. I love doing it. So yeah. The dollars, like the joy I get from it, and I'm sure you guys all feel the same way. Like the joy you get from it is worth that money. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I definitely don't think that it would be easy to do this much if the bar wasn't so high already. Like the only events I've ever played in were in this general area in J-Town. So like my bar was pretty high. When I lived in Indianapolis for a year and I played in the leagues and it was shocking how different it was compared to being mm-hmm. here. Like I played my first year of leagues here in Juliet and then I moved and I was expecting the same thing. I was expecting Ooh. it to fill up. I was expecting, I got there two hours earlier the first night. And I was like, and the course was empty. There was not a single person there two hours before. And like, I remember playing a, a handicap league and I shot like a 46 and the guys on my card all shot like 55s, but they all beat me because of their handicap. And I was like, mm. this is crazy. What is going yeah. on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I just remember when I moved back, I played some tournaments and I was like, wow, all this stuff is ran so well. Like, if I want to do it, I obviously have to try to meet that standard or beat it if I can. Like, right. obviously, you, you, all you get is as much as you go for. Yep. Yeah. We we are so lucky to live in this area. We take a lot of it for granted. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've touched on something very important. People that are used to this, they go somewhere else and they see, oh, it's not like this everywhere. Like, right. oh yeah, the passion around here, the people that, uh, the resources we have. I mean, like, I I, th- I think some of the most competitive players in the Midwest come from this area. Oh, no doubt. 
And, and I mean, there's great courses all around the Midwest, but like, I just think our scene is something, man. It's, it's something very special. We go hard. Sean, I want to, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you as, or, you know, Ryan, Ryan or Sean, as guys who've run bigger events, what is your nightmare scenario? Um, as you know, you've done, you've done a lot of these events aside from the weather. Cause that's Corey's answer. And I think mm-hmm. that's sort of, we all know that would ruin things, but mm-hmm. like it's a very easy answer to give, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's also true. It's like the worst thing that can happen. Um, what's, what's another sort of like a uh, worst case scenario for me. I think it would be probably getting scores all set, giving away trophies. And then as everyone's leaving, realized you made a mistake, it was incorrect. Especially with like first, second, third place is always at the back of my mind, like triple, quadruple check yeah. that because yeah. you don't get that back. Ninth, 10th place. Maybe we can say, hey, oh yeah, wait, wait, you know, this is yours. This is yours. Sorry. But first place, you can't take that trophy back. So, And that is only really something you can combat with, I think, having some help up at TD Central. Uh, yeah. When you're the only person checking everything, you're it's risky. I mean, yeah, it's one person can make a mistake. If you have two or three people double checking your stuff. Correct. Thank God you have your brother and you'll probably have somebody else who will yeah, be yeah. willing to I help I think a lot out. of my family members are going to be out there yeah. with me helping. Yeah. I think doing that kind of thing. And that's the thing that always made like running league events, even for me, really nerve wracking was getting all that stuff outright, getting tags out correctly. And like, yep. like you said, the last thing you want is people to walk away complaining about the way you ran things or, or mistakes that you made. And I think it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. I just would never want to promise anybody anything and then have to take that back, yeah. you know? And so that's Steve that Harvey. Would be- you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. I'm not going to do it on national television. Oh, yeah. But, okay. That took me a second. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, I figured you guys would get there. Yeah. It marinated in my yeah. brain. Yeah. Whoosh. Got it. Got it. Uh, Sean, do you have another sort of nightmare scenario? Um, I'm real big on making sure that all the players that play my events are fully informed to my standard. My biggest fear is like a card playing the wrong hole completely or misunderstanding the information provided or multiple cards. You know, people come back and there's like this big, massive multiple card like, hang on, I didn't I didn't play yeah. the same hole as them. You know, yeah. like I've seen that happen at and events, then not mine. It's but, compromised the entire event. Right. Yeah. Right. So something like that. Um, so I really tend to put a lot of my attention on that and posting constantly about it and going, Hey, all the information is provided. You can't come up to me and say that yeah. you weren't given all of it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like my cold sweat scenario is that I may have slipped up and didn't provide full information of how an OB line was played or something like that. Well, a good example of that was old Oak, all of the rules and OBs and everything were laid out. And then the day of printed out, you know, some addendums to some of the holes just to make them clearer because you weren't absolutely sure that it was clear and it may have been, or it may right. have been clear enough, but it's just like something you're not 100%. willing to take a chance on. Yeah. Right. After the years of experience, you know, that is not worth a risk. Take the extra time yeah. to get every possible piece of communication out to people. Right. And yeah. uh, cover, you know, cover and your if it really separates events. I mean, that's yeah. what a good event is. Yeah. If there's a weird OB or if there's a weird line or if there's a weird, somebody's going to find that, that yeah. exception to the rule. So yep. you just have to make them solid. You got to so. care about those little details because they, they'll get you. The devil's in the details. Get you. Anybody else have anything else they want to cover while we're I, on this? I subject? would. I would like to say to to Corey and just in general, it is so awesome to see somebody because we just talked about outside that you're 24 years old. You know, you're you're Damn. 13 years younger than me, and uh, it makes me feel. Give everyone that, a minute to do the math. Right. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. That's how old I am. Yeah. It makes me so confident in the things that I'm doing now that there are people already your age starting to do it. And that's so cool. And what I want to say to you is that don't base 
the future off of that day. Totally. Because from my personal experience, Delwood Disc Golf and everything, the canyons and Delwood, it all started with just me and my brother and my two buddies. And it was just the early birdies. And that was like the embryo that became everything that I'm doing now. So I can definitely tell with your energy and your vibe that the funk is just the beginning. And it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, I think I'm following you. I, I think I was talking to you maybe at the course or something. You were talking about Doc Browski yep. being like, Oh, he'll Leo Borowski, five for five, is. five for five. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Him being like, oh, uh, we're doing this. This is coming up next. We're doing that. We're doing yeah. that. And he's just right. like laying them all out. And I'm trying to think long term like that when I'm going about this. Right. Like, like, obviously, I'm in the middle of planning this, but I'm already thinking of my next my next two. Like, That's I'm already awesome, trying man. to go yeah. about those because awesome. I know if Beautiful. I if I plan, if I put it on my calendar, I got to do it. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like that's kind right. of the one thing for me is like if I plan it and I say yep. I'm going to do it, if I just say, hey, I'm doing this, like I got to do it now and it's going to yep. get done. So plan well enough that you can enjoy it the day of. Right. Yeah. But the next day you're back at it going hard on the next event. And that's totally. how it has to work. I, I yep. just realized this yesterday. I was driving around and I realized, oh, I'm never going to get to play my layout. I was nope. like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was like, we had to make, I mean, what did we? I didn't play Old Oak. We I didn't play Old Oak. Uh, we didn't play, play Plainfield. We, we didn't play Plainfield. We didn't play the pop-up tournament, the work first brewing open. Like yeah. we've, we've not played a lot. After of, I thought it too, my yeah. head was like, no, no, you can get there at lunch. You can, yeah. you can pop in. I'm like, no, right. no, you can't nope. stop it. It's yeah. not going to happen. It. <laughs> yeah, but It's totally worth it though. Cause everybody else is. gets to do it. And yeah. like, I, this is, these are things that have been in my mind forever. So might as well get, let everyone else get to have it one day. You know what I mean? You know that expression, the world becomes great when people plant trees under which they'll never sit or like the shade of which they'll never experience. It's the same with these events. Mm -hmm. You're putting your love and your passion and effort into this thing. You might not get to play, but what will grow from that is so important Mm -hmm. and that makes our scene good. So hell yeah. Think think about uh, somebody like Jesse Sands, 25 years doing J-Town Dubs. I think about it all the time. Mm -hmm. That's so amazing. The guys that have set the foundation in our area for guys like me and you and all of us to do what we're doing is yeah. it's incredible. To hand the baton over and, and keep it rolling like that. I wonder if it would be weird for, for Jesse in particular, and probably lots of people, but um, the first, I think one of the first tournaments I did in this area was a Shanahan Classic. And he he's, you know, to the people who know him, he's, he's Jesse. He's just, he's a dude. He does his thing. But when I came up to Tournament Central, I had like a little bit of um, like starstruck kind of feeling like this dude put all this together and like, I don't want to bother him, but like, I want to say thank you so much. And he was like, it was like, you know, I'm getting to talk to this living legend kind of thing. I'm sure I'm not the only person who, who's felt that way. The yeah, rip- I felt that way when I moved here and met all these guys and running all the tournaments and everything, and I didn't know anybody. It, it definitely felt like that. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So when he reached out this year and asked us to take over the Shanahan classic, it was like, hit me in the feels. I was like, dude, wow. I felt like I was being knighted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say knighted. Awesome. Yeah. That is so, awesome. So to be given the ability for uh, the collective greater Joliet people to take that over is, is just like, it's yeah. A, I mean, the, the those feelings are some of the coolest human experiences that yet you can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you do good things, put on good events, pour your heart into it, you're going to give people those feelings and that's all right that's about as emotional as i would like to get about it or what yeah uh we need some of those unstable branded tissues Mm. (laughs) anyways mailbag it's happening mail time 
I think we talked about this earlier in the episode. We went from zero questions to 1,000 questions today. Exactly uh, 1,000. Mm-hmm. Responding to Sean's awesome post. Questions this week were off the chain. Better questions than I've seen ever, I think. Maybe my favorite week of questions. Yeah. Jason. Unfortunately, we won't even get to them all. I mean, there's a whole episode's yeah. worth We're of questions. Try. Yeah. Some some of these questions will appear later in future episodes. Yep. Uh, Jason, why don't you take us into the mailbag? Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, we are going to get started with a question that comes to us via Facebook. This is Big Schmitty asking, what's your earliest special disc golf memory? Does anyone know who Big Schmitty is? Clearly not. It's me. I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say. That's I'm not like, fair. Yeah. I can't help you guys pick the dopest. I mean, I was, you just, uh, Jason just picked with. the greatest question. 87% sure it was you. Yeah. I had that thought when he read it. And then I was like, Big nah. Schmitty was my sort of moniker when I was making hip hop beats. That was like yeah. my identity. I've got a pretty no. good <laughs> memory. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's, let's uh, do that. One. Yeah. Cool. I was cool. at my first ever tournament. Pretty sure it was the first one I ever played. It was the Shanty Classic probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just thought of this because it reminded me of whoever's local route. I think it was your local route for Brian Espinosa. He was on my card. And I just remember him Team just Dink. being Team the Dink. nicest guy ever. And really like, Hey, like Craziness. I remember missing like the same tap in, like on this, on a hole, like two putts that were 10 feet away. And he's like, man, like, don't worry about it. Come on, let's go. We're going to do some yeah, more dude, stuff. And I was like, so, so other people do that? You've so done that? his energy. I've done that. Yeah. Like yeah, 10 totally footers of tournaments. Like, oh, it was a whole, the whole 11 like at Shanahan. I was not on the bottom of the bricks. I was up on the hill and I was Ooh. putting for three and I took a six, I think. Oh, like, <laughs> yep. It happens. I know See, those yips. Yep. Brian well. Espinosa has been touching hearts right. for a long time. <laughs> I've had a pebble in my shoes since 2014. Yep. Me too. Um, to I have Shep. two. Uh, my earliest one, I was probably three years old and my Dad went out with his friends, and I remember walking around in some course, I think in the Round Lake area. Obviously, I had no idea what we were doing. I was just like out with my dad. It wasn't until I was way older that I realized, oh, I was disc golfing, or at least that's what they were doing, and I was just like mm-hmm. wandering around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of cool to look back and know that that, was, that little seed was planted. Yeah. Uh, but I think my first pronounced memory, and I talked about this very recently, was hole two at West Park. The first time I played a proper course, and I threw over the water on hole two, uh, actually, before I even threw, I just looked down and saw the hole and I was like, what? That's how, that's the hole. And that just made me fall so hard in love with the game. You remember mm. being three years old? No, I don't remember anything before like six ish, okay. but I have this like weird, like flashbulb memory of like, flashbulb? like my, my dad's friends kind of walking around the basket. I, I couldn't tell you any other details <laughs> other than like, I remember leaves on the ground and I don't know why that memory stands out. I actually have like two other memories from around that age. One where I was sledding. I don't know why. It's weird that those <laughs> this, they stand out. I barely recall what I did three days ago. Yeah. Maybe it was like oh, an alien yeah. abduction. Memories. Just jogged something Dude, weird. Yeah. If you ask anybody who you works guys with feel me. feel like you or- can control your dreams? <laughs> <laughs> I have the worst memory of anyone I know, honestly. Ask anyone I work with. Uh, my boss constantly tells me I have the memory of a goldfish. My wife has to tell me where everything is in the house. Like, I'll have a thing, and then I'll walk away from it, and then, like, five minutes later, like, babe, have you seen my thing? And she's like, you just had it. For some Somehow, she knows where everything is yep. all the time. That's how they work, yep. I have no memory at yep. all, so it's crazy that they? I have. The- just our significant others. Like, it happens like that every single time. Oh, 100%. The yep. wife knows where everything is. She was yep. in charge. 
You guys got special early memories? I have two. Also, one quick one was I remember my father and my uncle at my uncle's house, and I must be maybe nine or 10. And we were throwing, I don't even know what kind of frisbee disc it was, whatever. It was just throwing it at trees and telephone poles. And that was just something to do. Never thought it was a game. Never thought there was anything to it except just throwing, you know, and they had a lot of property in a big yard and everything like that. So that was one. And I didn't really associate that with any kind of sport until far later. And your question kind of snapped that back into my brain. But the other one was when I was in college, I played a lot of ultimate and my wife got me a starter pack. It was a discraft starter pack uh, with a little like bag and a disc was the, the Stratus and there was an APX. I can't remember the other two discs, but I remember throwing the disc the Stratus for the first couple of times and not having it go anything like an ultimate disc and right. being very frustrated with it. And then finally getting a hold of it and having it go so much farther that I hit the dorm from across the, you know, the field hockey field or whatever. Which you didn't know was even possible. No. And like looking at my friends, like what just happened? <laughs> and like, and that was the moment, like that's where it clicked. And it was like, this is, this is how, what I'm going to play. Awesome. So yeah, it was great. I still have that disc by the way. Oh, wow. So are we going like your earliest memory? Of Just, disc golf. Yeah, sort of, uh, I guess, yeah, an early special moment that you remember. Early special moment. The first couple times I, had, I was exposed to disc golf, I did not like it. I have, like, boring, like, my first exposure to disc golf. So That's I'm kind of interesting. A story that I had in mind that was funny. Donnie and I, when we first started playing uh, Trinity back in the day, this is before T-Boxes, before Trinity was a Trinity we know now. So it was a lot hairier in the rough. Mm. And you would lose discs out at Trinity constantly. Yeah. So on hole seven, he lost a pro wraith. It was tie-dye. Lost it on the edge of left side edge of hole seven. We looked for like two hours. Didn't find it. Two hours. I played a solo round nine months later and found it in the same spot. Wow. Nine months later, found his disc. Uh, That reminds me of another one. Sorry, I'm going to jump in. I lost a pro, a KC pro Eagle at Shanahan. I found it months later at Shanahan again. Then I lost it again and then found it at a different course years later. That disc came back to me once and it was amazing. And then I lost it again and it came back to me years later in a different course. Hmm. The odds of that are I have nuts. that happen at the shop a lot <laughs> with other people. Huh? Or they, they they lost it somewhere else, but it turns up here. Turns up here years later. But it's one like, thing when somebody else turns it in. Five years ago at so and so happens all the time. It's one thing when somebody just turns it in and now it's in the lost and found. I just stumbled across it again in the woods at another course. Whoa, That's like whoa, somebody okay. else lost it and I happened to come across somebody it. Somebody needs to email Pixar and let them know that that's the plot line for Toy Story 5. It's <laughs> like, yeah. The life of that the, disc. It just right. kept coming yeah. back to me. Kept coming back. And I lost it for a yeah. third time. And, yeah. I, it never and the end is like Alex bending over and like parting the tall grass from the disc's point of view with the sun with shining the sun and him shining. picking oh, it up. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. When Andy Brings comes back. Do you guys believe in wormholes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right, next question. Next question. This one comes to us from Steve Ratchet. That is a Rashawn. Rashawn. Steve Rakin. Uh, what is the craziest thing that has ever happened to you at a tournament, both as a player and as a TD slash league director? Um, so I have I have one uh, as a TD and one as a player. They were both here. We had the Disc Golf Chicago season closer tournament here last year. And it downpoured. It didn't look like it was going to rain. And all of a sudden it downpoured. Everybody came rushing back to the pavilion. Everyone was soaked. And then Trevon and Quentin Thorson 
came back with energy on their face like, you guys don't even know what just happened. We all heard this huge thunder crack. We knew like a tree had gotten struck. Apparently it happened while they were putting maybe 10 or 15 feet away from them. The um, lightning struck. Hole 11. Hole yeah. 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It fried a bird. It fr- there was a bird in the tree. We all saw the carcass. But like while they were putting, that happened and that they were very close to getting zapped or a tree falling on them. Sheila was That's in the shop that day. I was not here. Super nut. That's I was I was with it. you. You guys were putting out on hole 13B. We heard it and it was. Oh, was I playing? No, you weren't here. Why was I not here? I and you were here and you were here. I think uh, you had to go out of town for something. And you were like, yeah. don't worry, Sheila's got it. That same thing happened to me in Highland like six months ago. I was on hole two and I was putting and I walk to hole three's tee pad and I'm maybe 15 feet down the path and I hear a creak, keep walking. And then I get on the tee pad and I hear the tree that's down now over the path fall oh, right behind whoa. me. And anyway, I was like, I was like five seconds away from being underneath. That, that just gave me like, chills. Oh. My other one was as a player, it happened right here in front of the shop. I think it was practice putting. It was Illinois State. Kenny Slauson saw this happen. Lightning, or it, it might have just been the wind, took a huge branch off of this tree oh. and it came flying right toward me. I was like yep. in my car or I was like standing next to my car. I heard the sound. I turned and I just saw a huge branch flying toward me and I clinched up and I said like in my mind, this is it. I mean, this is going to suck. I'm, I'm fucked. This thing's going to kill me. And uh, it dropped a foot in front of me. And I was just like, whew. And I looked around and Kenny was like, yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that was terrifying. Um, yeah. That's probably my craziest moment and as a player. Point to where the bathrooms were. It's a little too late for that. Bring me my brown pants. If you need to clean up. Yeah. <laughs> I have one as a player. Steve specifically mentioned that Sean could not use his two aces in a tournament, but I am going to use it because I saw them. (laughs) I was, uh, we were at Bowling Green and I was on hole. I can't remember nine or 10 at Ephraim white and you can see hole 13. And I heard everybody scream and yell. And I heard, I saw a disc in a basket and I saw Sean running to the basket and we were stoked. We were like, Oh my God, he just aced. And turns out he did. It was awesome. And then the next day, hole 13, hole 13, the next day we're at Preston Miller. And I think I was a hole ahead of you on hole 14 and you were on hole 13. I was only like two or three holes in. Yep. And drilled an ace. Dude, my whole card. Butter. Yeah. butter. My whole hey, card. Do you guys believe in butter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my whole card peeked their head out, and all I saw was Sean like running like he had just wet his pants, just screaming. <laughs> Booking it. <laughs> down down the fairway, and he just screamed, I got a horseshoe up my ass. And just <laughs> and we got pictures of him with and it was it is crazy. Such a bizarre feeling that only people who have aced know what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a grown ass man. Yeah. I don't know what happens. And you know what? Most of the questions were not, what did you throw? Or, you know, how does it feel? Or, oh my God. But most of the questions were, wait, do you get two times the ace pot? Like (laughs) they were more concerned about what kind of ace situation you were going to get paid out on. Congratulations. But how much money are you going to get? You don't even think about the money in that moment. You're just like, this is so awesome that it happened. And later you're like, oh yeah, I get money for that too. Totally. The first of the two was definitely cooler. Because I had kind of like how you aced in my eye at Sandy Point. Yeah. I had aced in somebody's eye at that round. Ooh. I had somebody in my car that was kind of like trying to alpha mill me. And I was like, I'll show him. And you did. Ding. Yeah. So that's that's my craziest disc golf moment is I remember very vividly peeking out of the woods, seeing Sean run down the fairway and scream and pick up his disc on hole 13 of a different course the day after. 
Yeah, it was crazy. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, this one is asked by Clay Robert via Facebook, and he wants to know what three famous people would you play 18 with, fictional, dead or alive, and it has to be a non-disc golfer. When I read this earlier, I immediately came to a crazy thought, and I'm going to use this. Mine would be three of the four Ninja Turtles. Well, I assume you're going to leave out Raphael just because of bad vibes. Right. He would just yeah, he sit would it out. Yeah, he yeah, would yeah. scroll through his phone, and yeah, and he would sit it out. But yeah, me, Leo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and they would be so good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah, would be yeah, unbelievably right. good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a riot. It's and a then we'd answer. go for pizza later. Will they have their weapons on their backs while they're playing disc golf? Well, would, you never uh, know when the foot's going to come yeah, out. Yeah, a ninja would never be know. caught dead without his weapon. Yeah. I'm just thinking like the accidents that could happen. Would would Leonardo throw a katana? Oh, ho, ho, ho. he he would have to, I would I would guess. Yeah. And they all putt with a rat. Oh, Ooh. man. This gets deep. I'm getting these references. That's what I'm most enjoying is the fact <laughs> you're talking about disc golf, and I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, that's good. But yeah, that was hey, the first thing that came to mind. References? I think it would be fun. <laughs> do you guys believe in references? <laughs> um, I don't have all three lined up, but I have one for sure. Uh, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. Oh, God. Oh, Doesn't he seem like the most fun person ever? You know, he wouldn't know how to play, but he would have the most fun it doing it. Yeah. Matter. <laughs> exactly. No, it well, wouldn't matter. Yeah. I just would like love to hang out with uh, He'd that be 150%. Vibe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that'd be dope. Um, I think it would be stupid to not pick somebody who I find super hot. So I was going to say Aubrey Plaza, but then I was like, am I just going to go with oh. all the Parks and Rec cast? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Riff Raff, the rapper, because he's absolutely out of his mind. <laughs> he seems and just amazing. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> think I could hang out with him long term, but for one round, I would soak that experience up for sure. Uh, He'd be good by like the 17th hole. Brother, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little Gucci putt, right? Hair doing muchachos. Yeah, that guy. Muchachos. Yeah, that. Yeah. And number three. <laughs> While you're thinking, I've got mine lined up. They came pretty quickly. That's what she said. That is what she said. Number one, Doctor Dre. Ooh, oh man, trying to get choked out there. Just no, Ooh. no, we don't. We know Doctor Dre. Number two, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh my God, that's a good answer, Gary V. Dude, you'd you'd be putting like lights I out by the end of the round. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. But I would be so nervous to putt in front of Dr. Dre. I don't even know what I would do. Mm-hmm. Who would win in a fight, Dr. Dre or the doc? Oh, God. Do you know how much weed they would smoke? <laughs> it wouldn't they even never get, get to the fight. No. Yeah. I mean, they would, would forget be, what they were supposed to be yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah. Number three, Mark Wahlberg. Awesome. He just Ooh, seems like so he's cool as fuck. Yeah. Right or wrong. Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And uh, that reminds me of my third. Just don't talk about his mother. Cool. Right. Yeah. And he's short. He's a shorter dude, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. It does remind me of my third answer, which is Tom Segura. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, and it reminds me of that because he, on his podcast recently, Tom Segura was being interviewed by Larry King and Larry King's like 120 now. And, uh, he shared these clips of Larry King, like struggling to say lots of different words, including (laughs) Mark Wahlberg. Uh, so he's trying to get the words Mark Wahlberg out, but he struggles for like a minute and he's like, Mark wall, wall, wall. (laughs) And it's sad, but it's also like so funny. So, uh, Tom Segura is hilarious. I would totally love to have it. It would be a riot. You wouldn't finish the round. I, I don't feel like, yeah, your card would, yeah, it would be right. Totally good with that. What about you, Corey? Uh, that's kind of my plan is I would want a round that I couldn't finish because of the people I'm playing with. My three, I had to pick a musician, uh, but also funny, Jack Black, for oh, sure. Dude. Oh, Jack Black would be great. That God. energy. All right, I want to start over. <laughs> 
Uh, next one, Jerry Seinfeld, just making stupid jokes at Jack Whack the whole time. What's the deal? Uh, yeah. And then my third one, I don't know if you guys watch it, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, sure. oh my God. Oh. Ooh, that's a Ricky fantastic card. Yeah, I'd just be sitting there the whole time. I wouldn't even play. I'd yeah. let them play the whole day. Just don't <laughs> let Ricky grab that gun. Like, leave the gun in the car, Ricky. Hey, Jay, what about you? Me? <laughs> but you have to pick disc golfers. Yeah. I have to pick- <laughs> Uh, I would just, the three of you. That yeah. would be okay. Oh, next question. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, this next question comes to us via Facebook. This is from Dan Schlitter. Dan, Dan likes to know, Schlitter. would like to know your top three favorite dipping sauces for your chicken nuggets. Sean can answer this one for me, but I'm going to answer it. I will always go a combo of barbecue and ranch <laughs> and dip them simultaneously. It looks as gross as you think it does, guys. It's delicious. You will never have a leg to stand on about me eating plain burgers or not eating sushi. Your palate is garbage nope. and you have no, you cannot <laughs> criticize me ever again for this. Food is just a vessel for whatever sauce you're eating. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm with you. I, so, but barbecue and ranch mixed I'm together and then. But you, you understand that some things just shouldn't go together, right? Like I'm on his side for this, for sure. Barbecue and ranch is great together. Yeah. Love it. Way down. <sighs> Yeah. All the time. Put it, on a, put it on a hamburger. Yeah. Did Heinz no. put that out as one no. of those like. They did. I've not sauces? tried that. I. Uh, I branch. Com- branch. <laughs> yeah. Branch. branch. Michelle Branch. Is <laughs> <a commercial. laughs> no, I combine them myself. I don't let Heinz do it for me, but that one. And then a very distant third would be like honey mustard or something. I don't know. But you're always going to. And I, I was watching you do it earlier. You went barbecue sauce first. Yeah. And then you like smeared it over into the ranch. Correct. There's a method. <laughs> yeah. God. It was great. I'm watching a child. Yeah, he just yeah. <laughs> stirring paint, dog. <laughs> this has to be a habit you picked up when you were a kid. Like when you went to your first self-serve machine and you were like, suicide, I'm going to have a little oh, bit of this pop, and a little pop, bit. Pop, pop, I'm going to have all yeah, the different pops. Right. And yeah. now you're doing that still with sauces as a grown man. It's delicious. Oh, okay. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, do you yeah. guys believe in condiments? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay. Honey. Mm. That's all you need. Right? I'm fine with that. Thank you. Honey. That's good. Thank you. I like honey barbecue, but I could go just honey. I took the question a little differently. I thought we were going to be arguing different kinds of barbecue sauce, and I was ready to uh, take a stand for KC Masterpiece, which I think is, as far as Mm. cheap barbecue sauces go, that's my favorite one. Cheap barbecue sauces, As as far as the ones that we all know, because we don't need to bring gourmet sauces into this. There's too many different kinds of gourmet sauces. If we're going, you know, the route you guys went, then I'll just say when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I like to get boneless wings plain, dip them in the mango habanero sauce, and then dip that into blue cheese. And you're criticizing me for two of the most people put condiments. People put blue cheese is what Ryan does. (laughs) Absolutely. One hundred percent. Maybe a little grosser. I love mango habanero and I love blue cheese. You're out of your mind. No. Yeah. Why, Why would they offer everybody blue cheese with their wings that already have sauce on them? That's a thing people no, do. No, no, no. You're not out of your mind for using that. You're out of your mind for criticizing me for using two of the I most popular condiments. I am just now condiments. realizing how similar what I do is yeah. to what you do. Correct. But then you eat your burgers plain. I cannot Again, wrap my brain around it. bringing up old it. shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what, it along. What about you, bud? Uh, see, third place would be ranch for sure. Uh, second, sweet and sour. Uh, my mm. favorite, though, for sure, is sour cream with some Valentina in it. Some hot oh, sauce. Sour see? cream and hot sauce, for sure. Spicy and cream. Oh, yeah. He oh, gets it. That. Corey gets it. I love All it. Right. Mm. Okay. Jay. Oh, what am I? What are my choices? <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey, I agree. Okay. 
There's something about that little tiny thin packet of honey that you get. They, there's that never enough. Of childhood. You need oh, about yeah. thirty of them. That is yeah. a hard throwback. If you have not done that, yeah. do that. It will bring you back to 1987. I'm yeah. I'm five. In McDonald's is awesome. Yeah. Every time I get McNuggets and I dip them in their little tiny. <laughs> You know, Good luck not getting McNuggets on your way home. I know. Yeah, I already had them or I would. All right. Uh, let's do another non-disc golf related question. Uh, Kevin McNamara hit us up on Facebook and wants to know, who is your favorite character from the Lord of the Rings trilogy? And who's your most hated? If you want to go that route as well. I think my favorite is Gimli. Uh, I think I kind of identified with him a little bit. Just, um, <laughs> I don't know. He was, and I don't my know. Axe. And my axe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought that if still I counts as one, <laughs> if, if I was in the best lines, yeah, yeah true. there's yeah. that. Yeah. I just thought if I was a character in this, if I had to play one of these characters, that's who I'd want to play. Sure. And then uh, least favorite Grima Wormtongue. First and last of the characters. I don't even know if that is his first and last name. That's just like uh, what I know. Oh. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> oh, the, the, the guy who, um, he like infects the king's mind with all of his like, you know, he sees, yeah, he's like yeah. serpent tonguing the king the whole time. And got it. Um, it became a, a term that has worked its way into all the board games that my friends and I play, where if like, if you're playing Monopoly and you're trying to politic and get somebody to turn on somebody else or do something in your favor, you're worm tonguing that person. Like mm. you, you have to cut somebody off when you know they're worm tonguing somebody else in a game. And so I don't know about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Corey, you got I some. definitely uh I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings. My my favorite character for sure is probably Samwise. Uh he's just a caring, great dude. He's the real hero. He is the real hero. And that yeah. brings me to my next point. The worst character is Frodo, Frodo. for sure, because he has no spine. Oh not a single bit of what a, a spine. goober. Yeah. He has no will. Yep. And everybody Frodo's just pushes bitch. him around. Exactly. Yep. yep. I agree. Dude, that could have been your that could have been beef. Yeah. Could have used I that for beef with Frodo. <laughs> yeah. What's up with this motherfucking Frodo? <laughs> We're gonna put that music Clint. in just for that. Yep. Oh. oh man! That's Please good. do. Yeah. Put that in when he talks about Frodo. Yeah, right. I had to look up the names, but I think my favorite characters were Pippin and Merry. Oh yeah, they were just yeah. a riot, to, and, and they were just team. they were just along for the ride, but ended up like saving the day so many times, and like yeah. just they, you know they hung out with the ants too. Like. Oh, absolutely. Treebeard was almost my answer. He's yeah. awesome, and I think my most hated character, I think, is just Gollum. He's just so dirty. It's just hard to watch, man. So yeah, I mean, it's the obvious answer, but I have a soft spot in my heart for for Gollum for no. Smeagol. No, I got nothing for him. Well, Ryan doesn't have a heart, so. No heart. That's not true. I'll ace on you again. <laughs> Don't make him do it. <laughs> yeah. Now we need to get to this week's trivia challenge trivia brought to question. us by Bang of Tricks. Jason, yes. what, what's our challenge this week? Your challenge this week as the listener to this episode is to answer in the post that will appear on Unstable. Uh, Unstable Disc Golf Gear. Unstable yep. Disc Golf Gear's Facebook page. Yep. Is what are Alex, Ryan, and Sean's most favorite movies mm-hmm. everybody has that one movie that the movie that you're like i can't think of anything to watch but i know what i'll put in that's what i want to know each of mm-hmm. them have supplied their answer to me and now i want to know what your thoughts are on that what are their three favorite movies and we will on the post give a little bit of hints so that you're not just stabbing totally in the dark we're going to give you at least a decade that the movie came out in yeah we'll and- give you some trivia yes. about the movie. Yes. Uh, to kind of like help stir you in a better direction. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you listen to this, go to the post, 
on Unstable Disc Golf Gear's page. Look for the post with the trivia questions attached and uh, see what you can do. I'm in from there. Yep. Uh, Let's also, let's have one post. And then if we need to remind people, hey, we still need guesses, we will direct them back to that post instead of spreading them out. It's kind of tough because it's nice to have posts all over the place to remind people, but then it's hard to track all the answers that come back in. So we will have one dedicated post. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. Yep. And that's where we need your answers. Yep. And the winner will receive a hat of their choosing from the shop or from the Unstable Disc Golf uh, webpage, where you can go and customize your own hats. So the choice is yours. Also, thank you to everybody who's been participating in these challenges so far. That is a really helping to put some wind in the sails. And we'd love to hear that you guys are enjoying this and paying attention. And on that same note, if you are enjoying it, drop us a review, whether it's on Facebook, Google, Apple, wherever you can drop reviews, all that is super helpful. We will reward you with high fives once we are allowed to do that again legally. Uh, for now, we will just say thank you to everybody who does those posts. Yeah, no underground bootleg high fives. No. Just straight up legal ones. <laughs> legal yeah. high fives. Yep. With gloves, we can do gloved mm-hmm. high fives. All right, we'll arrange it. Yeah, we'll as long as you throw away the gloves after. We'll figure yeah. it out. Thank you guys. Uh, Thank you for listening. This has been episode five and uh, next episode actually is back on track with Amy Laskowski. She has uh, gotten in touch with me. So the next episode should be, Hey ladies, look out for that. It's coming. Sweet. Get funky. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, and don't forget to sign up for the funk. We all did. We all just did. We're in it. If you want to, you know, you want to get wrecked, sign up for MA2. You'll see us in there. Correct. I'm coming for you, Mitch. Ooh, shout out. Uh, thank thanks. you, Corey, for coming out and hanging out with yeah. us all night. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was it's awesome. Been a great time. Had a lot of fun talking to you guys. Yeah. Hopefully everybody uh, wants to come out and play. Maybe Thanks in June me. or July or whenever it is. Yeah. <laughs> whenever we, whenever it is, it'll be. Yep. When life gets back to normal. All right, guys. That's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. See ya. Good night. Unstable Discourse is a top secret studio production.